Webby, it's that time's Webster. Never thought forever was the best I could do. On this Good Friday, it's a sort of O weekend. Tomorrow it's all about Animo, and on Monday it's all about Pasco. <laughs> it's been a bludger of a week for the Tigers. It's always dangerous if you're a rugby league official and your last name ends in an O, because it just opens it up to got to go, Pasco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dave Trodden, when he was at the Tigers, got to go Trotto. Trotto. Uh, was Caro? We, Caro, we Caro? No. No, not uh, really. Our Stouser. Our Stoust. Our Stouser. Do you know in Doust he was thinking about getting Asta Doust T-shirts? Did he really? And selling them? Yeah. That's up there with when, do you remember there was a musical called Keating the Musical? Yes. It was a piss take on, of course, the Howard regime and, oh, sorry, the Hawk years of uh, Paul Keating. Paul Keating uh, went there the first two nights and turned around and accepted the standing ovation. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, uh, it's getting very political at the West Tigers. How... Has been the great greatest week for the CEO Justin Pascoe. Mm. Um, he don't, I don't think there's been many great weeks there, to be honest. From I thought, look, in isolation, there's small things, but um, the stories at the start of the week and him defending himself. This is what the problem I find with the West Tigers management. All they seem to do is defend themselves, and they're more worried about optics and how they look than what mm. actually running the club. Um, I loved his Q&A with Buzz where he said, look, I get to the ground early with the teams and I like to put out mm. the witches' hats for the, mm. for the warm-up and then, you know, hang out, hang out with the guys in the dressing room yeah. and then sit behind the coach who I may or may not sack in a few weeks' time. Um, mm. I don't know. I think the truism that Jack Gibson always said about, you know, winning starts in the front office, I think it's right with the West Tigers. Mm. Um, I think there's been too many decisions there for some time about just what looks good. Um, instead of winning games. And then no, no team has had a worse finals record, i.e. never being in them, than mm. the Tigers in the NRL era. Um, that's that's got to change. And I don't know, that's, mm. and, and everything they seem to do yeah. turns to poo-poo. As you said, little things like Tigers, you know, officials in the dressing room. Um, I, when I used to sit there, I I couldn't stand outsiders. Is, is outsiders the right word? Well, I mean, a, an official who's within the club, but people who weren't about to go through what you're about to go through and walking in the sheds and being frivolous. Mm. That, I used to take exception. I used to hate people walking in the dressing room eating because, you know, you, you're basically you're starving for a game. I'm, uh, I remember Jack Gibson, hearing a thing from Jack Gibson once, and he said there was a bloke involved with Parramatta, an official, who sort of beat his chest and said, Jack, I only go down there to give the players a pat on the back when they lose. And he said, well, they're going to be sick of you pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, a lot of clubs like their, their CEO or their board to come in after games. But yep. I do think it's real. The side of Tim Sheens, who is, like, obviously under massive pressure at the moment to get the Tigers going, and he's the CEO sitting one row back behind him. I, I just mm. – that's I, I don't think I've ever seen a CEO – get that familiar with the football team. Um, but I can't say – I really i have lost track of how many times I get approached by Tigers fans on the street these days, just in absolute despair of their club. So everyone's talking about a reset. They just resetted <laughs> six months ago. So it's amazing. I don't really get it. 2005, Webby, boys, like everyone – Everyone was on board with the Tigers. Everybody loved the Tigers, even if you didn't support the side. 
and where that club was at the moment and just bit by bit where they find themselves now. Yeah, it's just to, to your point in regards to people being in the changing room that it's okay if they're in the changing room, but they've got to respect the sanctity of what's about to happen. I think we get so desensitized to what NRL and rugby league is, but when you're a, a team of 17 players, you're going out there to destroy your body. Mm. Like you, you could die if you go when you go out there. Like now, obviously, you're not thinking about that, and so you're almost obviously it's not like war in regards to war, but mm. to you, it's a battle. And so I just think that it was a like the, it's a small thing in regards to him being in the changing room, but it it kind of shows their lack of respect for winning rugby league games, their mm. lack of respect for what it takes, um, because the changing room. The changing room, in my opinion, is the most sacred part of rugby league. Mm. Everything that happens in there should stay in there. Yep. And also, it's it's where you're most nervous, the most emotions. And I, I just think that that was a really good example of not only he, like not only the club doesn't seem to respect what it takes to get the job done. Because the roster's changed, the coaches have changed, but nothing's changed. Mm. Except there's only one thing that hasn't changed across the board. Mm. And so I just think that it's the little things that they're... The little things are adding up to big things at the Tigers, and I don't understand why they can't see what the issue is. Denham, we were talking before the show, and you were particularly passionate about the the jersey, do I say fiasco, stuff-up. Oh, and that's what yes. it was. It was, oh. it, was a, it was a stuff up, and I and I think if they came out immediately and said, "Look, this is what the situation," but then even so the way sorry. they reacted to it, I know. press releases, sending and the legal play. Elections what, and... what about poor Alex Twall like, and David Clemmer being sent out there to and then face putting, the and media, then, then donging it by putting out a couple of players to face the music? Yeah, like poor Clemmer. Clemmer's only been there five minutes, and here he is answering questions about mismanagement decisions in, made on, in the front office. On, I mean, spare me. On three sixty, Michael Carriana said it. Um, yeah, Michael Carriana said it on three sixty, and he's right. You, I didn't think of it when I first looked at it, but you know, standing there with what they called the commemorative jersey, but the Anzac jersey, mm. and it was John Bateman. Mm, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, like, like, but the, what is the jersey supposed to represent? Like, have we gotten so far away? From the point of the jersey, yes. it's not just to make money. It's yep. supposed to be celebrating the sacrifices, lives. We're not talking about, oh yeah, you went to work a few days. We're talking about lives were sacrificed, and you can't even just take the time to respect the celebration of that. Give me a break. Mm. Well, they had two press releases yesterday. <laughs> One threatening legal action, which we won't go into. The other was then here's the new jersey. You know, you can buy it here. It's like, can, oh, my God, God. <laughs> like, for, for, I'd love to hear from Tigers fans. Like, you know, just bang it through on. We got, have we got text you, or email? This is the first time yep. in three years you've actually I've, called for text. <laughs> solicited for text. But <laughs> get in touch. Like, if you bought the jersey, the mm. original jersey, the stuff, yeah. up, have they offered a refund on it? Or? Wow. Yes, it'd they, be, have. they have. They have. It'd be, yeah, a, collect, yeah. it'd be a collector's yeah, but, item. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it reminded me of when Webby said, you know, poor old Clemmer had to go out there. It was the same with Manly last year well, where DCE cl- and Des had to go out there and go like this. The when the they, two people that did the jersey, scott free, walk away. Mm-hmm. Mate, it's all what, what about good. the Dragons? How many times has Ben Hunt in the last couple of years oh, had front mate. and talk about all the drama? Talk about the Dragons Hook. When he's not here. <laughs> talk about Hook. Talk about barbecues. There, there, is, there is a lack of, own, there's a lack of ownership in a lot of um, – Club management. Now, on a on a happier note, yes, a guy, a person who has universal respect in rugby league, Nico Hines, and Gordon Gordon made this. Uh, Gordon Tallis made this uh, point last night, which I thought was it was just so true. Is the fact that it says everything about that club where it's ha- happening, given the fact that no one saw this coming, is that all this was done behind the scenes, bit of a chat. There was a bit of interest, a little bit of chat about you know extending, and all of a sudden, deal done. 
long-term deal, end of 29, mm. worth 7 mil. It's beca- NRL's becoming like the NFL in quarterbacks, yes. isn't it? Because of the the lack of genuine halfbacks out there. If you've got a good one, you better sign him long-term. And he's such a – he's not just good for the Sharks, he's good for the game. Every awesome. time he speaks, he's so calming and speaks he's, with he's all articulate right. and he, all those other words. And he, did, he delivers. Keep like going. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's great. It's, he, he's so calm and measured off the field, and yet he's an excitement machine on the field. You know, sometimes you get players that they might play boring styles of footy or whatever. He is the complete opposite. You watch him, and he is constantly an excitement machine. So if there's any bloke that deserves a massively long contract yeah. like that, it's Nico Hines and... Is, is it ever a testament for young players coming through to be patient with your craft oh. and your trade? Yes. Nico Hines mm. is someone that you should, should look at because he was playing resis for till he was, what, 23? Yeah. I mean, well, the, and, I, and I'm guilty of it myself. I was 18, 19, I was 18 turning 19, stressing out about playing NRL, and I didn't even plan for a few years. So I'm guilty as well, anything. Nico, when he talks about different all the adversity he faced, we all know the stuff off the field, which is yeah, heartbreaking. Mm. But, you know, the adversity faced in his career where suddenly there was a point in his career where he thought he could reach out at Manly and touch first grade and suddenly being told, oh, mate, look, there's nothing there. And that sent him into a funk <laughs> for like 18 months. I think he's – I know we're going to talk about this later, but he's certainly giving Brad Fiddler a bit of a headache about where he fits into a New South well, Wales team. And, you know, for, for Freddie – you know, and it shouldn't be a headache if you if you know what I mean. It should be going wow, like you know, this this great just opportunity, yeah, great opportunity. But um, yeah, it, it's just a great deal. I mean, if you're at the Sharks, it's a pretty happy place to be when you've got Craig Fitzgibbon as coach, you've got Dale Finucane at the club as a leader, and you've got Nico Hines. Mm. It'd be a good place to be. They've, they're, they they've done well. They did well in getting Fitzy ahead of other clubs. And they secured Nico, and, and he's turned out to be outrageously successful in the seven jumper, which mm. I don't think many people thought it'd be this successful. So well, early, most people they? didn't think it'd be a seven. No, exactly. No, no there you go. It's a funny old game, isn't it? Yeah, anyway, it is. happy very... Easter, guys. You got Broncos. Yeah. You got Manly. Uh, it's there's a lot of sides, mate. You got the Bulldogs. Yeah, mate. You got the Knights that have improved. Yep. quite a way. They're slow starters, though. South. They are. They have been the last few years. But that's 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 my concern though. Is like I I understand the argument. Oh yeah, we're typically slow starters. It's like well, you're not going to win a comp. Like by statistics yeah. speaking, like mm. y- you can sit there all day and say, oh well, you know, we take a while to get into things. Well, if you don't make the top four, statistics would say, history would say that you will not win the comp. They got they got to come up with a plan B or not so much a plan B, but a plan for when the grind's on. Mm. They are a brilliant attacking side. They're so good to watch. But their favourite are set sequences when they get a tap start drop out or they can, you know, a scrum, attacking scrum. Those sequences, they're the best team in the comp to watch. It is when the grind's on. Mm. Because what sides do in the grind is they kick early over Latrell's and they just burn Latrell out with dead runs. You want a little bit of mail? Jeez, I love that. Kenny oh, Callender? No. no. Well, he did He did pick uh, the topic in the Oaks. He likes that, by the way. Mm. Um, uh, my spies at Erskineville Oval yesterday mm. were watching South Train Latrell last on the field for about half an hour, two point field goal. Oh, practicing really? the two point field goal. Oh, really? there it is, eh? Hey? Get on it. Just gonna drop that know, can down. You ha- can you have? Is that Dogs a betting, by two. Is, is that a betting? <laughs> 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 let's uh, let's have let's investigate that. Dogs by that's two. Uh, that's 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 good information. Good mail. Uh, dogs. Do with it what you want. Do as you will. Uh, dogs eighth at the moment. Uh, they had uh, the round one loss. 
uh, to Manly, of course, a bad loss, and they beat the Storm, they beat the Tigers, narrow loss to the Warriors, an incredible win over the Cowboys. They could easily be, they could easily be four from five. They they are enjoying the improvement that everyone expected. And they're decimated by injury. They are decimated by injury. Therefore, they had to get exemptions, all that kind of stuff. I think it's just a, you know, I hate to make it about the Tigers because I feel sorry for Tigers fans, but look at the Tigers recruitment, look at the Bulldogs recruitment. Both got new coaches, both recruited the best in the comp. I'd even argue Tigers recruited better. Mm. Look at one club and look at the other club yeah. right now. And it just shows you that if you've got a good, strong backing from like the Laundie Group, who they put all this together, the Laundie Group was when they got out and got Gus Gould, got Seraldo, good, strong admin, good, strong backing. This is what happens on the footy field. Yep. And then, so the Bulldogs, I, I, um, I, th- I still think, I don't put them in my eight, but I do think that the confidence they're going to get heading into next year yeah. and the extra year of rugby league in the NRL with Crichton coming across as well, it's going to be, I, I would be shocked if they're not uh, top eight contenders next year. Well, I, their, their next month is pretty good. They've got the Eels, they've got the Sharks, they've got the Dragons and they've got the Raiders. Mm. So if they can continue on their merry way and you know grab three of those, fours, uh, three of those uh, four games, they're looking good. Reid Marnie's been fantastic. He's been he's been so good. Has I think and the evidence of how bad uh, how slow a start Parramatta have had yep. has got to a lot to do with highlights the quality of Reid Marnie as much as the dog's improvement. Surely it must burn. I know football's different, but Parramatta to lose a player to Canterbury who's been their captain and been their best. Well, it's I like know. like with, the, with am, the, I getting, am I getting my too nostalgic? Well, with the eels, like it's eels. They so they've had a great system up until this point, where they've been able to like be really strict by the book. You know, when they turned over a new leaf and they've gone from wooden spoon all the way they are now, they've done really well in making sure they don't play pay players overs. But I think they were too strict and too by the book with Reed Marnie and offered him unders, and they didn't really appreciate what he offered yeah. to the club because yeah. I think if they could take their time back now. They'd go, you know what? We could afford to lose someone else to keep a guy like Reed Marnie and mm. keep that spine together, kind of like what Melbourne do and have done for so long. We pick our spine and we just build anything around that. They're, they're uh, up against it because Marnie is managed by Sammy Ayub, who is a, a leading player manager who has a really good relationship with Gus. And that's the beauty of Gus getting Gus to a club because he's got this long standing mm. network of, See, I, I, of relationships with people like that who can, and, and you know, mm. who can. Who, who wins? Who who wins today? I, I think it, I think like South Sydney Day football they love. Hopefully the rain keeps away. It'll be an exciting game to watch. Burton has improved. I really enjoy what Burton's doing. Kickow hasn't returned. I, I think Souths. Yeah, and they're, they're decimated by injuries. The dogs. So if I was doggies fans, I'd almost write this game off because they have so many players out, especially in their forward pack. And the Rabbitohs have Rabbitohs have so much to play for. Mm. If they lose this, it's I, I I think that yep they've had a super tough draw, and you have to keep in mind that they've lost a lot of their front rollers and their forward pack over the start of the year. But if they lost, like this game is a must win. It's it's a non-negotiable. Again, the origin period yep. impacts them. Non-negotiable. Yeah. Uh, the later game tonight, we've got the Dolphins and the Cowboys. Talking about sides that are underachieving, the Cowboys are one of those. Dolphins, firstly, boys, do you suspect? Do you think that their bubble has burst to a degree? Oh, I think, look, I think that there's people that thought they might make the eight. Mm. That may be tough to do now. Well, not, I, I just, I didn't have a mate originally. Okay, question, question, Denon and, and Webby, yes. guys, Maestro, join in, Ben. Do they finish higher or lower than 11th place? The, the Dolphins? Yeah. I think they'll be lower. 
Yeah. I just, oh. think, I just think they've shown what's happened in the last couple of weeks, or last week, just shows how vulnerable they are when they have injuries. Sure, yeah. no Sullivan. Yeah. 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 But it's just that they've been unlucky too, though. Like key injuries to key positions. Like they're in they their have. third string and half. And the suspension but, of Felice really impacted them. Yeah. It yeah. just it, it knocked the wind out of them. Well, he yeah. was he was leading from the front. Well, but when you play the style of football that they need to play to win, yeah. takes a toll on you. Mm. Now, if you look at coming out of that game, Dolphins versus Broncos, right? Dolphins had to get up for that game. Emotionally, had to get so sky high, and they just worked and agitated, and nearly pulled off a, a win. The next week, they were spent. You saw that against the Dragons; they were absolutely spent. Some really early soft tries, and you go, "God, that's so unlike what the Dolphins have been about in their first month." Compared to the Broncos, where the Broncos came out and literally went up a gear, it yeah. just showed you where both you see, camps you, came from for that you game. See, you see this every year, and Webby said it before. Rabbitohs at the start, like we always talk about this pre-origin. We're like, oh, geez, the Rabbitohs are not what we thought. And then Bang. after origin, mm. it's like they're yeah. men possessed and you go, well, here's the run. Yeah. Where you are just, they coming from? The, you just don't want to, Ben, hit the middle of the season or that origin period where you've got to start to accumulate games. And what happens is sides who get off to a slow start very often spend their pennies to make the finals, if yeah. that makes sense. Yep. Then they get le- there and they're vulnerable. The wheels come d- off. Yeah. They don't have the ability to actually rest guys at the back end or even not just rest guys. Like One, one of the things that Wayne does very good with his football size is that late, late in the season, you know, up until probably there's six rounds to go, he'll start to take the hands off him a little bit and then two weeks he, to go he cracks the whip. So he gives them that little bit of lay time uh, even if they drop a game or two just to make sure they're peaking for the finals. Yeah. If you get off to a slow start, you don't have that luxury. Yeah. Um, boys, just a quick text that comes through uh, from a Canberra fan, Jack Whiten, uh, $1.1 million a year for four years. Thoughts on that? I mean, it. It, it's one of those things as far as optics are concerned. Okay. Take it. Wouldn't you take that? If you're Jack. Look, yeah. I, I think no player that has won, hasn't won – if you haven't won a comp or your name's not Tom Dravojevic, you're not worth a million dollars. But – Sometimes the market decides, and at the moment, to the Raiders and the Raiders alone, probably he's worth a million dollars. Yeah, I, I think, Dan, if they allowed him to leave, oh. you know, how that would look. Oh. He could, I reckon he could get with some clubs are that desperate for a half. But he's not a I, game manager, I, you know. I, I know, I get that, but it, but 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 there's that it's like it's a halves market, mm. yeah, it is. Like he could get 1.4 somewhere. Mm. Like the Dolphins could throw one point four at him over five years. They're in a bit of a unique position, though, don't you reckon? Exactly, but you like, but that's a million dollars that he'd have to say no to to stay at Canberra. Mm. I think he should say. I think he should go stay at Canberra. Mm. But if he, if mate, if it's a million bucks, you got a young family. God, it's a, it's a it's a lot of coin to say no to. Four years, Jack Wine stays at Canberra. Do Canberra win a grand final in four years? I would say oh. no. No, they they got a lot they got a roster to turn over. Yeah. And what's complicated this whole thing is the Dolphins coming into the comp. Yeah, that that just an, add, adds a uh, another layer of complexity in signing quality players. Yeah. Makes it makes it really hard and particularly the players that they want to sign, playmakers. Is it better than to let him go oh. and oh. try and rebuild? Well, the problem or is, is this it, purely the I'd one have... point it's a one point one purely for optics. To get people to go to Canberra. I, I think they realise if they let Jack go, then recruitment going forward just makes it makes recruitment even, even it's already, more difficult. Yeah, it's already hard enough yeah. getting people down to Canberra. Yeah. If you had Jerome Hughes sitting there, right, and what's happening with Jack at the moment is Jack's playing and they're not winning comps. 
I know they made a grand final fair play, but not winning comps. And you go, well, Jerome Hughes wants to come. You know, where are we going to spend the money? Then you go, okay, you have that serious, have that serious discussion. But at the moment, if you lose Jack, who are you going to get? That's the problem. I just think Canberra did really well, and we spoke about this, looking at another market altogether outside of Australia, found some great players, made a run, and then the wheels came off that, and now other English players are going elsewhere. So everyone's now tapped into that market. Ben, historically, the Raiders have been a club that has suffered more than most when a new side has come in. That side, uh, in 88, the Broncos come in. They They used to get the best, the best, Brisbane players, when Wayne, part of the reason when Wayne went there in 88 and ongoing from there. Then all of a sudden they were getting the best New Zealand players, guys like Quentin and Johnny Lomax, and you had Ruben Wiki and so on and so forth. Warriors came in. That took it away. And what you're seeing now is another side coming in, which again makes recruitment harder for the Raiders. And well, as you said, they went and got English players. Everyone else is starting to do that now. They're doing the same thing. I reckon they were hurt by the change to the six to go rule. Because yeah. they had a lot of big forwards, mm. a lot of big forwards, and then the six-to-go rule came in. The game became quicker, and I think they've been trying to change their roster up since then, and now they're going to have to do it again because mm. it's not very good. Broncos Broncos this week. Broncos aiming for six in a row unless unless Canberra can turn that, that second-half effort around pretty when's, significantly when's they're the going to top another one. When's the last time the Broncos won six in a row? Like oh. the start of season. Well, five in a row, I think it's 98. Wow. Mm. Yes, you know that music. It's been a cracker of a year, I tell you, people, for films we've done so far and ones we've reviewed. Uh, don't worry, Battlefield Earth is on the horizon, people. <laughs> but today, it's a comedy classic from the Zucker Brothers, 1988's Naked Gun. She had a full set of curves and the kind of legs you'd like to suck on for a day. She was giving me a look I could feel in my hip pocket. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. I've heard police work is dangerous. It is. That's why I carry a big gun. Aren't you afraid it might go off accidentally? I used to have that problem. And what did you do about it? I just think about baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Liam Alexander, welcome. Are you going good now, Liam? 1988. Uh, you as a young guy watching this movie—it's <laughs> a long time ago. Do the jokes and does the mer- does the movie still work? Oh, you gun! I love the sense of humor of the Zucker brothers, and I think comedy—it's sort of one of those genres that if it's if the comedy is specific to the time of the film, it can date. But the slapstick and Leslie Nielsen's performance is sort of timeless, in my opinion. And I think most of the jokes hold up really well and there's it's one of those movies where, where there's literally like a joke every minute so there's a laugh every minute so i think i think a majority of them hold up really well liam for people that haven't seen it the plot <laughs> yeah, it's about uh, it, <laughs> it follows um detective frank Treben, played by nielsen he's a detective at the police squad and he's on a mission to stop an assassination attempt on queen elizabeth ii and he's also trying to clear the name of his partner, who happens to be O.J. Simpson, who's wrongfully <laughs> accused of being involved in a plot to kill her. And um, while doing so, he uncovers a conspiracy involving a corrupt businessman and, uh, and an L.A. baseball team. 
Liam, before we get into other aspects of this movie, how did O.J. Simpson get the role? Does he, has that well, been disclosed? Yeah, apparently he was. Ne- he plays Detective Nordberg. He was never considered for it, but apparently David Zucker, one of the Zucker brothers, saw him in, in a nightclub in L.A. one night and apparently was really impressed by his comedic timing. So... So that's how he got the role. He is hilarious. Liam, is it tr- has Ray Warren and Frank Drebin, Leslie Nielsen, ever been seen in the same room? They look very similar, don't they? They do. They got a very, yeah. Now, listen, tell me, though, seriously, this was like a big sort of comeback movie for Priscilla Presley, was it not? She yeah. had no no comedy experience. That's why yeah. she was cast in the film. Ah, but yeah. She did have a Netflix special coming out, mm. though. Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, the Chris Rock style, which Webby was talking about before, that's why I brought it up. Uh, mate, uh, <laughs> Ben, any trivia? This, this was sort of this was the movie that uh, we would watch as teenage boys at sleepovers, like the early nineties. Okay. The, when, when she goes, "Do you, I practice safe sex?" and he goes, "So do I." And then they're in the, <laughs> the full, full body condoms. full body condoms resting yeah. on the bed. That and of course the old gag of the mic on. And then he go oh, to the yeah. go to the toilet, and all you can hear is him taking a leak. Our man Roger, what did Roger Ebert <laughs> think of the Naked Gun? <laughs> well, like critically, the movie was received really well, and Roger Roger gave it three out of four stars. That it was funny in an anarchic sort of way, but he said he said Leslie Nielsen's performance sort of it carries the movie and is perfectly cast in it. Hey mate, uh, do you think that like with a script like that, where you, as you said, like there's a joke every minute. Do you think that people pay as much? Because back in that, you know, what, 1988 it was, there's so many things nowadays where you can distract the audience from the story or what's happening. You've got CGI, you've got all these big events on screen. Do you think that back in the day they focused much more on the script rather than focusing on distracting the audience, if you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I think the script is so tight. Every line is so purposeful. And I think Nielsen sells a lot of it. If, if it was if it was any other actor, he like I saw a great description. He he thinks that he's in an action movie, but he doesn't realize it is in a comedy movie. So he's so self-serious and sells the line so well. Like I don't think the line readings could be done any better, but I think the script is just so tight. And it sort of reminded me of Family Guy a little bit. Like yeah. I can see... <laughs> The origin. It's a lot of like sight gags and cutaway jokes. Mm. I think it's really clever how the Zucker brothers did it. I just really like their their comedy. Yeah, I love the Zucker brothers. Their first ever movie was a, a sort of it was a, a a skit film called Kentucky Fried Movie. Liam, I don't know whether you've seen that. Jeez. Uh, it's, it's yeah, it's it. Trust me, it is very very funny. Um, could they make it now? Well, they probably could, uh, but they'd be cancelled, unfortunately. Yes, how those many, turds are still doing that. How many that. Naked Gun movies were there in the end? Three? Three? Was it? Three. 33 and a third was yeah, the last one. Uh, best scene, Liam, and again, I'm just trying to remember if if this was one of the scenes in the first one, Enrico Palazzo, was that in the that was, That's the first one. <laughs> that's the first one. That is one <laughs> of the, the great scenes. Where he's up on the screen. With his name underneath, it's very funny. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, Liam, did it make a profit? Yeah, it was a huge success at the time. It was made for a budget of 12 mil, and it grossed over 150 worldwide, which yeah. for a comedy was was huge at the time. Who wins the movie? Is it? Leslie. Got to be Leslie. Be. Nordberg. Not, yeah. <laughs> Officer Nordberg. Jeez, that, no, I tell you who's funny, who's hilarious, his partner. 
He's, he's very, very funny. good. He plays a very funny Excellent. Role. Now, uh, Leslie Nielsen, his first sojourn, because Police Squad, he was in that originally, which was a serious show, like a cop shop of sorts, mm. uh, for people who are basically under 60. Cop <laughs> shop was an Australian uh, TV drama, although you would suggest sometimes a dramedy because it'd have its funny moments. Shout out to you, Gil Tucker. Uh, but uh, this movie... Which I've just lost my train of thought. And that, uh, <laughs> but his first sojourn, Leslie Nielsen, was, of course, Liam Flying High. It was called America Airplane. But uh, he, that's where he sort of moved from serious actor into comedy. Yeah. Well, he was in, um, he was in a, like a lot of popular movies in the 50s. He was in Forbidden Planet, The Poseidon Adventure. He was in The Twilight Zone. So he was in these pretty, pretty serious roles. But the Zucker brothers obviously saw something in him and thought oh, he'd be perfect for their their style of comedy and he and he is for sure um whether he had 100 would he give it i'll give it a 95 95 yeah 94 mm. Ooh. i'd like to be different 93 uh <laughs> you liam 92 92 hey, wow 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 <laughs> you got the dogs up against the bunnies always something happens when these two sides meet so uh to celebrate that we're going to do a five to one best dogs and south players combined of the NRL era. Boys, let's have a bit of discussion around our number five. I've led off with Cody Walker. Now, although Cody hasn't won a competition, I, he's been a mainstay of everything good that comes out of the bunnies in the last five to eight years. Do you want my seven? Am my five? Yeah, go for my it. My seven. Mm. Uh, Kiri, who plays, has oh, played oh. I like Kiri. I always reckon the sign of a great player is someone who's won comps at two different clubs. So and true. And he's done that. It's sort of been, hasn't his career at the Roosters, a lot of times it's sort of cast a shadow, not in a bad way, over his sort of hidden, his South career. You forget yeah, exactly. that. exactly. And he was, uh, and he stood up to Russell. Yeah. There's a lot of his character. Always, he, that'll always go down as one of the great moments, yeah. I reckon. And he, um, where, and he, where he where, Not so much the fighting when drunk part, but... Mm. But oh. the fact that he just stood up to the it's the Kiri, you know, the millionaire yeah. owner of the it's club. A, it's a great rugby league story. Kiri True versus league Crow. Denny Dolphin versus Julian <laughs> Earl. All those great stories. <laughs> has, has Luke ever sat you down and told you the story? The full story from his mouth? A little bit, mouth? yeah. yeah oh, wow. Have. It is a great – he tells it so well. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it on air, but it's a fantastic yarn. Well, I just think the fact that he – like, if you know where Nana Glenn is – like it's it's a it's not it's not just a, a short taxi fare to the Coffs Harbour Airport. Like it's a it's a long way out of town. Yeah. Mm. Hour and a half, yeah. two hours. Mm. I'll be a, it'd be Up a long months. yeah maybe. Mm. I don't know. Mate, just one thing. Google it. Um, <laughs> what about you, B? Mate, I, I've got to go. I know he hasn't won a comp, but when you talk about at the top of their game, what they can do with a footy, got to be Cody Walker. Yeah. When you yeah. look at him statistically over the last five years, he's the best stacking player, and it's not even close. Mm. Uh, my number five is Adam Reynolds. Yeah, well, just yeah. his his ball movement, his kicking game, his leadership. He yep. won a premiership when he was very young, but he's just he gets teams there. And Ben, since he went, the moment he came into that bunny side, their fortunes changed. At the same time, Madge went there and he changed a lot of the culture. But he has been, and his his quality has been. Um, you know, really cemented or accentuated by the fact of what he's done at the at the Broncos. Well, you could argue he's the most consistent half 
of the last Absolutely. 10 years, even though he hasn't won the most comps. But he's always been in a prelim or a grand final, yeah. except for Broncos last well, year. Well, he's my number four. What about you, Webby? I've got Ben Barber. Wow, of course. Yeah. Wow, Webby. Far yeah. out. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're on fire, yeah. mate. What wasn't that? They know something about this what? funny old game of rugby league. <laughs> wasn't 12, that just a freakish year? It was. 12, 2012. He just could do nothing wrong. But also, people forget, also left, won a comp at Cronulla, also left oh, and was man of steel uh, in the uh, in the Super League. That is so true. And he played a door. Yeah, wow. I'm going Burgess. Mm. Sam Burgess, I mean, speaks for himself. Absolute yep. beast. Yep. Uh, this is my only dogs player on the list. Uh, Hazmel Masri. Great player. I just loved Hazem. Like, he obviously, he played pre-NRL as well. He played in that early yes. in the mid-90s. Yep. I remember seeing him as an under-21s player playing for the Kenry Bulldogs one day at Newcastle. He had the flash boots on, yep. and but just had something special about him. And the thing with, with Hazem too, right, it's just even just away from what he did on the field. Mm. Yeah, what he did for the Islamic community yeah. and, you know, with rugby league and outstanding yeah, person. The, the growing population in Sydney's West is a real beacon of hope for them. He is, he, yeah, and that's the thing that you always get from him. He is that mm. sort of Could yeah, have been a champion a real community person. Could have been a champion cricketer as well. Yeah. All-time yeah. really? yeah. try-scorer for the Dogs in Dogs history, I think. Has him? Yes. Yeah, yeah point scorer and stuff. Think, I, I, you know what? I, I, I said yes. I've got no idea. <laughs> I, I just wanted to do that to, to pretend I'm cr- across everything. I think, it, I think it's right. <laughs> yeah, and no, I think you're right. <laughs> number number three. Me? Do you want me yes. Sonny Bill Williams. Don't sure if you've heard of him. Yeah. Did a fair bit in both. I've, done, I've got the same again. What about that debut? It's one of the the best debuts you'd ever see against, it was against Parramatta. Parramatta yeah. His first, because there was all this hype around him and then his first two touches of the ball, he scores one and sets one up. Ran over Hindy. Well, Hindy I mean, tells the story. Yeah. Hindy over. sort of preferred, his yeah. tackles were made when the person was sort of <laughs> on the ground and he would come. <laughs> <laughs> and he, ended Joey's career, didn't he? Yes, oh, I think yes. he, yes, I, Sonny did. Yes. Um, I got Sonny Williams as well and I just think it's, like, he didn't actually play that many years of NRL, and yet the impact he's had, like, the best years of his career weren't even in rugby league. Yeah, we're in a, a different sport. So, Sonny Bill, for me, I actually, I would love to have seen him for a long period in rugby mm. league just to see how much he could impact a squad, you know, how different would the Bulldogs' fortunes have been after he left. So, Sonny Bill wins. What about his uh, his debut game for Toulon when he went over there? They've put him in the, played in the centres, and they've... The opposition they're playing against, they've got a scrum, and they've gone quick pass to the inside centre. Now, the inside centre was this tiny little French guy. Anyway, Sonny hit him with a shoulder charge, and Sonny got sent off for it. But they interviewed the Frenchman after the game, and he said, it was like I was electrocuted. (laughs) (laughs) That's my French accent. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I'll go on Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, yeah, my number three, uh, he hasn't been at the Rabbits for that long, but when you talk iconic players, legendary players, Latrell Mitchell, yeah, he yeah. he's that sort of guy that when he runs on the field, all eyes are on him. And I think they're, they're very, very rare for a player to be as big as Latrell. Yep, definitely. So, yeah. Yep. I've got, mate, two I went Sammy Burgess. Well, I actually went GI. Mm. Mm. So I, I went Trelly Mitt, two premierships, D 
Dallium, uh center in the competition, couple of Origin Series wins. He's done everything, and he's mm. 25 still. Still yeah. 25 years old. Yeah. My, number, my number two is um, the grafter himself, Cam Murray. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, no, I can't believe that. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I just love watching. I oh, love watching him play. Dude. He is tough as nails. Great he player. performs so at a hot. level that is It's never below par. He is yeah. just See, that's, an incredible player. He has that's, good that, hair. That's the only great hair. Great. It's, mate, My hardest one was Cam Murray but, and Latrell. Just simply because I went, oh, I just had a look at what other people have done. Cody over a long period of time. Yep. You know, Reynolds has won a competition. That's, yeah. That's a great shout. My number I one, I've gone, I've gone, I've gone Inglis. I just think Inglis was a, a phenomenon. Won a Clive Churchill medal as a um, as a five eight centre, of course. But when he went to when he was at South Sydney, I, I remember the week when they put him to fullback. He was playing centre. There was a bit of talk going about the fullback. They played Penrith at Penrith, and they put him. Madge moved in there before the game, and I think his first touch of the football, um, Lachlan Coote still looking for his teeth. He just ran straight <laughs> over the top of him. Mm. I got Sam as my number one because of apart from all the great matches that he that he turned in for South, but that grand final. <laughs> That'll always go down as, like, after that, there's really no higher standard for courage and oh. people say that he shouldn't have stayed on there and the wowsers that now get around this game. But um, but for mine, that's that, that'll that go down as one of the most, it's up there with a Sattler-like performance. It's funny, isn't it? Like, you know, people will get there and go, oh, toxic masculinity. You know, no, it's team sport and he stayed on the field for his teammates and of course he was skipper or was he skipper was Johnny Sutton skipper? Johnny Sutton Johnny was, Sutton was yeah. skipper of course he was a leader um, mate I'm going GI he's the greatest outside back of all time I think if he had 13 GIs I'd pick 13 GIs over any other player in history he may not be the goat fullback he may he's probably the goat center but when you're talking about an outside back and you're also talking about the fortunes of you know Rabideau's changing Yes, there were people that came earlier than, you know, obviously Rusty Crow and everything. I was actually at the Broncos when he was supposed to come to the Broncos. Oh, yeah. We would have had a back line of, of the flying beak, Jarrell Yao Yi, mm. Israel Folau and Greg Inglis. Oh. And he backflipped on the last Rusty got That's to right. Him. It was almost like deal done. It was deal done. He agreed, everything. And apparently Rusty got on the phone to him and convinced him of a few good. things yeah. and boom. It was all good, eh, mate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> good, mate. Great, mate. Good bloke. <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the bloke off the VB ad. Matter of fact, I'm my my number one was hard. Um, I was this close to to picking our man Brian Fletcher, <laughs> due to pure captaincy and win record at thirteen percent. I think it's thirteen percent. <laughs> yeah, thirteen percent. Putting Russell. Uh, but putting Russell I, I'm d- I've I've had to go Sam Burgess, um, as Webby said. If you talk about the history of the rabbits, they will talk about Sattler and they will talk about Burgess. Slam and Sam. There you yeah. go. You know what? I think one day, here's my prediction, mm. um, and I might be dead by then, so you won't be able to hold me accountable <laughs> and there'll be no consequences. But nonetheless, I think he'll be head coach at at some point at South Sydney in the next decade. There you 100% go. agreed. Yeah. We, we were looking at... Um, Best Good Friday games for this Sunday show, Matty John's Sunday. Yep. And um, Good we were looking at, um, <laughs> the, I think it was the 20, maybe the 2015 Good Friday game. Oh. Sammy running into the line 
and Mick Ennis is standing there and Sam's running with the, with the ball. ball just like a yeah. tennis ball in his hand and you sort of go, wow. Mm. If well, you're going to... That that sort of sums up Sam and you know what? He's, I would say he's the greatest bunny 20, in the NRL mm. by a long way. Just It's amazing how many people who played with him or even older blokes that have been around for a long time, they all say that he's the toughest footballer they've ever seen, which is which is a fair rap, isn't it? Not wrong. Jack... My, my young bloke, when he had his season at South, they did an army camp. We were talking about army camps earlier. And he said Sam turned up with no sleep and just dominated the, the two or three days. Just, well, look what he did in SAS. Yeah. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. What about Boyd Corner? Apparently he's done his peck. Tory's peck. Oh, yeah. Boyd has. Yeah, yeah Tory's yeah. peck. what? Uh, oh, in SAS. SAS yeah. coming out on right. the uh, the helicopter. Hold oh. on. And Kerry Ann Canley, go on. Have you been watching on the celebrity? Get me out of here. Oh, yeah. No, no. Hey, nails. Yeah. Cack. What happened to her? She's left. She said, I'm, I don't like camping. Um, I'm out. So Which she didn't makes know that it. Yeah, camping? you think to yourself, yeah, I know. It was like, well, did Karen, did you think you were going to stay in five-star hotels <laughs> when you're in the scrub? Anyway. Have, you ever been, have you ever been on a night out with Karen? No, I haven't. I have. Is she fun? I ran into her. This is years ago, about twenty odd years ago. Twenty years. She, yes. Good fun. She was hilarious. I, I she lo- loved it. She's a champion, isn't she? She says you're cute. You are cute, though. <laughs> she said to me, she's cute. cute. He's cute, though. I heard a story. <laughs> Once she said she had an autographed Brazil soccer jersey when she was young from Palais, and she was wearing it, of course, with the iconic number 10 on the back. And she said she went past a pub once and a bloke went, oh, 10, no more than an eight. Oh, <laughs> what a grub. Oh, what my grub. God. We're at the uh, conclusion of the show. Let's uh, get the uh, listeners some money. What do you got for us? So Ken Callender is all over Penny Wacker mm. in the Oaks tomorrow. Okay. Yep. I think that's how you pronounce it. Penny Wick. I can't pronounce it. It'll do. It'll do. Yeah, it's the number one. Mate, Big. I'm going uh, Knights to get the win and Marju to score a double. Wow. Greg Marju. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed, Benny. Get on Manly. We're going to beat those Panthers. Okay. Well, I tell you, <laughs> tomorrow I've yeah. gone Dubai honour. I'm going for that one. They reckon okay. it's flying and loves the wet. That's all we've got time for. Look, to take us out, a nice little collaboration between the usual bedfellows, Huey Lewis and Metallica.